0: Welcome to Two Pizza Marketing, a podcast for small team marketers. You might have heard of the Two Pizza Rule, which says the most agile, effective teams are ones small enough to only need two pizzas for a team meeting. On this podcast, every episode will be a candid, relatable conversation with a small team marketer, someone who is creating success on a scrappy level, learning from failures and trying to stay sane. Whether you're on a team of one or eight, or you're wanting to join a small marketing team, this show is for you. Hi, everybody. I'm here with Stephanie Brooks. She is CMO at the Paths Program, LLC, and she is a member of our uh, early kind of community called Two Pizza Marketers. It's the group. (laughs) It's the reason why we're here. It's for small team marketers. And I'm excited to sit down with her today and chat. This is actually the first time we're getting to meet, you know, in person right, over. Right. Zoom as
1: well. Um, so <laughs> yes. hi Stephanie. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to participate in this. I've recorded podcasts for other people, but I've never actually well, yes, I've only been on one other podcast, like as a person. So it's exciting. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, you and I are both people who probably don't have much time for podcasts because we are going non-stop. I think mm-hmm. that's a big part of it. Do you want to just tell us a bit about? kind of your your what your day looks like and more specifically like what's your team tell us a little bit about your small team right now or the teams that you've worked on in the past
1: um because fun to set that tone (laughs) sure uh well currently right now my day could be pretty much anything from um like right now I'm hiring an intern so it's like just interviews all all the time and um uh Some days it's doing a lot of analytics. Some days it's doing some planning on Monday, my coordinator and I set our plan for the next 12 months for all of our content. And um, other days it's creating emails for campaigns. It's just updating websites. It's all over the place. I'm, I am sometimes in envy of those CMOs who have like very large teams who can like do everything, but also at the same time, I love doing all these things. So it's, it's exciting for me. Um, I have a marketing coordinator and soon to be intern. And if I get my way, I'll be hopefully hiring a full-time marketing manager in the future. We'll see. Oh my gosh. You and I are right in the same
0: spot. So, um, I think especially, For us, we both have you know the title as well. You've got the title of CMO, so you're asked to do these things that are not just all the marketing, but you're also asked to sit in on board meetings. You're like the kind of executive leadership level is yet another thing to pile on the plate of a small team marketer. Um, To your point, yeah, hiring. Can we take a moment and just chat about how much time hiring takes? Oh my goodness.
1: It definitely takes a lot. I found though that LinkedIn helps make it easier because it can auto screen for you. And then um, there's certain just platforms that will help you do that. So that's part of some of my tips, actually, to getting Ah. getting shit done is just to use your resources. So I found that just letting the AI do its job um, really helps cut down on the amount of, I guess, extra work that it takes.
0: Yeah, let's talk. Let's go into those tips, especially for hiring, because I think actually hiring that wasn't an intended topic today. But (laughs) you and I could probably talk for hours. Hiring is something I've definitely struggled with. I mean, we've used an ATS. um, In the future, I would probably really love to be using LinkedIn the way that you are. Can you tell us a little bit about how you use LinkedIn for hiring? Because sure. Yeah, it's kind of the original point of LinkedIn, right? Before yeah, it became it is. the content platform it is. That's what we did there. Right.
1: Well, in this particular position, it's it's a little bit challenging because I wanted our our whole team is remote, but I wanted this intern to actually be on site in Denver because I really feel that the the one-on-one time that you have with an intern is some of the best time for mentoring and I really love to mentor young up-and-coming marketers. So I've had to restrict applicants from outside of the Denver area, which is just somewhat heartbreaking because there's a lot of diversity out there, diversity in thought, diversity in just like, just, you know, gender and, um, you know, orientation and race and all that, that we're really trying to strive for in our company and Denver is not exactly the most diverse place in the country. So, um, it's really been, um, I've really had to make sure that I, I make a very concerted effort to, uh, make like not overuse the LinkedIn filters because LinkedIn will, I can set it up where if they don't have like all, like a hundred percent of the, the requirements, they basically just re- reject it and I never see them. So you have to be very cautious about you know, depending on what your intent in hiring is, you have to be cautious about letting the AI do everything.
0: Can we talk a little bit too, because I love that point, especially at the intern level, they may not have experience in certain things, right? Like we can't just layer out that laundry list of wish lists. Intern is a really interesting strategy for those of us at small companies with scrappy budgets, right? Yeah. Talk to me about what that looks like because we don't want to bring someone on and like underpay them. Interns, I think we do have a lot to offer in terms of the mentorship and growth. Mm -hmm. Um, I myself have absolutely thought about how can I do that? Tell me how you're working it out. Do you have a salary for the person? Like what is the structure around bringing on an intern? Because it's, you know, you're not going out and hiring with a concrete set of right, titles right. and salaries. Tell me how you navigate
1: that one. Cause I bet some other people would be interested in figuring out how to do it well. Um, in this particular instance, well, our so I have to backtrack a little bit. Our company is bootstrapped, so we don't have a board. We don't have VCs. You know, we're just, we, we self-funded. So we are uh, very cautious about budget. And I am a very frugal person. I, I love to get things done for less money. It's one of my favorite things in the world. Um, so when I was proposing this, I looked at, I set it as a timeline of it's six months. I figured out what the budget would be for how much we would pay them. And the compromise that we came with came up with is that this would be a contract position because when you turn when you bring somebody on as a W two position, then there's additional overhead that comes with it, and then you know if, the, if there's a separation for any reason, it becomes much more challenging legally and all that stuff. So it's for right now it's a contract position. It's for a set number of hours. However, yesterday uh, it was determined that it could be more than those hours, so I could actually get more help um but my experience with with having interns and I've had a ton of interns throughout my career is I give interns actually real meaningful work so interns are technically like when they work for me they're technically like mini coordinators in a way and they get that hands-on experience that they need to build a portfolio and build their skill set so they can go forth and do whatever they want in life ideally in this situation, I want the person to stay on and maybe become like, you know, a full-time person at some point.
0: What is the contract length you did for that? Because I imagine the, um, for an intro, like, did you do six months? Like I'm just curious. Six months contract. Yeah. Yeah. I think the contract approach is really brilliant. Um, And I think it's better than just kind of yeah. Anyway, I've definitely thought about doing that a lot of times. I up here have um, often gone to the university or gone to academic Mm -hmm. institute. Is that what you're doing from intern perspective, or are you really open? I'm guessing you're open to anyone.
1: I did initially go to it, and a lot of times I'll reach out to. So if I want a marketing major, I'll reach out to marketing professors that I know and say, "Hey, do you have any students that you would recommend me?" Mm -hmm. In this case, I it's kind of a weird time in the. Summer, so mm-hmm. students are s- like coming back soon, but yeah. I need to hire now, and I, I, so I put it out to the universities and I put it out onto LinkedIn, and I got some students, but I also got some very recent graduates, mm-hmm. which was exciting to me because they also need that experience, yeah, and so it opened up just a lot more possibilities to have somebody more hours and more dedicated hours because my experience with interns is I always my philosophy is school comes first for them. So they have to schedule work around their school, not the other way around. You know, I want them to focus on school first because that's what they're paying to do, you know, and then they will, then when they have the time to schedule their time to work for me, then we just have a set schedule. I think it plays well into like the,
0: I mean, trying to give people like an autonomous way of work, right? Like, and so remote plays into that well, which is you Mm -hmm. can be where you need to be, get the work done. And it's kind of a similar idea. Like just here's a project that's going to take you X amount of hours. Maybe there's certain meetings that need overlap, but Mm -hmm. in general, go out and get the work done and show me what you've done. I think it's a really really cool way to structure it. Yeah, Let's jump back into just this general (laughs) concept of you and me, like how much can we get done for how little money? (laughs) Um, (laughs) I think another day we could talk about how to do it with few people because maybe that maybe we spin off into that, but let's talk about, yeah, I mean, we do have VC funding, but we are also extremely financially conscious, right? Like my CEO every day is thinking how many months are on the runway, like how many, like what does everything go to? And yeah. honestly, it's a better way to be, especially in this economic climate, right? Like we know that you should really be thinking about the dollars that go out and are they worth it? Right. So, on that note, let's talk about other ways that we spend money smart. Um, okay, a real adventure. Um, I will give one, which I've talked about on other podcasts, so I won't go into depth here. But we invest heavily in kind of our, basically, I call it our influence network, which is like testimonials, people that love us. I do a ton with really working with our our fans and our advisors um, to help basically be the amplification, like the free ads for us
1: mm-hmm.
0: in certain ways. That's a big lever for me. Are there any other like levers that you use that are just kind of generally really good cost-effective channels or strategies? Um, anything? My, you
1: can- yeah, <laughs> my, my background is a lot is in, in both strategy and content. And yeah. so I align those two and we are right now, we have a very, very heavily content Focused strategy. And that's paid off where our SEO is just skyrocketed. So I'm actually able to look at cutting budget for PPC because our SEO is in a really good place for some of our, some of our product line, other, some of our other product line is new. So we're going to be reallocating budget, but I have focused a ton on content. And I, in my case, I'm very fortunate because the marketing coordinator who I work with, she is a psychology major and she loves writing about the stuff that we do. So she writes amazing blog posts. She makes, does all these activities. She comes up, she's very creative. So she's really helped us drive our content strategy. Cool. Um, And then we, our CEO is also a very good writer and she she just she just published a book so I've been able to leverage her I've been able to leverage our coordinator um I've had a few guest posts like some people post guest blog posts okay. and I've been able to write stuff so for a very small team we actually have a ton of content out there
0: yeah, that's marvelous I love the guest post thing that's huge um, and it sounds like we do something similar we um I look at all the ideas for posts we have some are keyword driven some are you know some are just good ideas for content and I um I assign them to our team. Right. So I go to my CEO. I'm like, here's five. You need to pick two for the next two weeks, you know, go and (laughs) write them. Um, But I love, it's such a bonus when you have someone on your team like that who is already thinking in the space. So they're not having to do the research lift. Um, Have I think we're in a good spot if we have people in our teams creating that content. Have you ever been in a situation where you actually need to contract out to someone to do the content? I find that that might be a miss because Again, they spend hours doing their research. I don't know. What's your take on that?
1: I've done that in various positions that I've held throughout the years. Mm-hmm. And usually I find a, a writer who is also a subject matter expert. Yeah. So they don't have to do the research or that they, and they have experience writing in that industry. It's, it's a very quick pickup for them.
0: Yeah. Okay. Here's a fun question that like, I'm kind of still stuck on this so idea of like cool. spending budget wisely. What is something that you were spending on at some point and you looked at it and you're like, Oh my God, I got to cut that. Like, it's just not working or it's something where you you don't feel it's worth it. Right. I'm going to try to think of something as well. I've got one. Oh in my mind. gosh. Okay. Well, hmm, you hmm. did mention paid, which I think we could all say right. is every, every good marketer looks paid very critically. Right. Cause it's yes. so clear. Um,
1: um, there's certain things that I feel like you have to do just to show up and just be mm. in the game. Mm. So pay like PPC for me is one that, well, it depends. So for, for, for PPC right now, we have a new product that doesn't have, uh, as much brand recognition as one of our existing products. So for that, I'm investing in, you know, some paid placements, some PPC, um, But then there's in our industry, in the educational industry, because that's what we do. We do educational publishing. um, There's just certain things you have to show up at. You have to have a presence at. And it's sometimes you think about, okay, well, I could I could spend this money somewhere else. However, like these are all small groups that are championing what we do. So, of course, we're going to show up and support them. But, you know, the frugal person in me is like, hmm. I could spend that money somewhere else. Um, so if any of those groups are listening, I'm very happy to sponsor your events.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's a hard, I think you're right. Industry-based events often have that compelling nature of like, it's it's expected and and we want to be a good partner in the industry. Like that mm-hmm. is, boy, oh boy, that's like an emotional guilt trip on your budget. <laughs> that's yeah. a little tricky. On that note too, the other piece, I feel like that often for me is, where I look at budget and I'm like, "Uh, sorry, is on like sponsorships just in general. So Mm -hmm. for events is one thing, but sponsoring newsletters or even sponsoring certain, I don't call it sponsoring, but like influencers where you're, you're cutting a chunk of change and it's kind of like, you you don't totally have the anticipation of what it's going to be. Those are hard when you have a small budget. Those are probably the things off the list, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we don't actually do. We don't have influencers that we pay. Anybody that's actually interacts with us, they do it because they love us. So I love them. <laughs> we, you know, listen to like coffee gift cards or Amazon gift cards, but that's pretty much like we're very fortunate to have people that just want, just love our products. I mean, let's chat about that for a bit because I think that is a big weapon for the small team
0: marketers. I know when I sign on to LinkedIn in the morning the thing that makes me happiest is to see the conversations that we've been tagged in. And wow. like for a smaller company to have other people looking out for conversations where you should show up is huge, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's, um, that's why, you know, sending gift cards. Cause you're like, thank you. You're making my team into like a hundred person team instead of a yes. two person. Um, let's talk a little bit about that. Like the importance of the fans, the advocates, the people that are talking about you without, you know, needing to be a part of the budget. How do you guys approach that? Are there any tips and tricks you use to really make that work the best it does for you?
1: Well, the uh, hmm, hmm. <laughs> what I do is I, I, I go back to using your resources. So I leverage the relationships that other people in the company have with yeah. our, our direct customers. So our product team, they actually interact a lot more with our, our, our customers than I do. Uh, our sales team interacts more with prospects obviously and then customers than I do so I try to leverage their relationships our CEO is actually very she's she's been in the like she's been in the training and education industry for for decades so I leverage her relationships it's you know it's just basically just tapping into your network and asking them for a favor you know just say hey do you mind doing this so a few last month mu- last year no this year I don't know what year. Um, <laughs> Sometimes between, yeah, um, we had a one of the um, kind of partnerships we have with a educational um, kind of clearinghouse organization. We had a podcast sponsorship with them, and so they wanted one of our power users to be on the podcast. So I had I, I leveraged our product team to go find somebody who really loved the product that we were, wa- you know, that they use and had them be on the podcast. I didn't have that relationship, but the product team and their CEO had that relationship. I love that. I mean, there's so much talk these days about, you know, Dave Gerhardt's
0: founder brand, right? Like having a leader or leadership, you know, suite that is out there, whether it's selling or just building good relationships. I mean, there's so much to be leveraged in that mm-hmm. sense. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really, really smart play. And I, uh, you know, to point out podcasts too, that's one that we found has been a really scrappy one is getting, getting leadership out on other podcasts, right. Getting yeah. um, kind of homegrown PR to a certain extent, I think has been very, very powerful. Um, well, you know, I want to, we're getting kind of sort of to the end of our chat, I probably <laughs> chat with you forever and a day. Yeah. Let's talk about like, just before we wrap up here on this idea of at the lack of budget, it can get really messy and it can get really ugly. Like, are there moments, this is where we get real authentic, Stephanie? <laughs> I'm like, I would love to share a little bit with us and with our audience on like those moments where it wasn't as pretty, right? Where like the budget was really difficult. Um, I remember for me, just to kind of get things going, is when you're working with a vendor and it's going okay, but you have to stop because it's not the best thing or it's not, you know, it's the first thing on the chopping block. I always really struggle with that because you're like, yeah, it's performing, but Hey, listen, like between you and me, I have a very limited budget. Maybe the ugly part is just at the point where you have to tell people you're like, listen, right. I don't have the dollars. Um, I don't have the dollars for that. Yeah. yeah like any um, advice or approach? Because I mean, I think people respect it, but like, how do you, you know, walk that line of being canned, either being candid or not? Or, you know, maybe you have a secret to like, <laughs> you
1: know, get out of. <laughs> I don't you know, actually have a secret, but I, I am. I try. I mean, I am honest with people usually, and just say, "Hey, look, I I don't have the budget for that." The other thing is that I plan. I'm a planner, so I plan mm-hmm. an entire year worth of spend and budget out before, like basically in the fall. Yeah. So for so in this this fall, I'll have 2023 planned out and allocated for, and then I have like a little bit set aside for like you know fun stuff, but if if a vendor or somebody comes to me in like right now and wants me to do something I I can't do anything until January because I've already planned out my budget for this year so yeah. that's for me to tell like that's an easy thing to tell them is like hey I you know you have to come back to me like come to me in the fall and then we can start in January and it's hard for some vendors to hear that but I'm like it eh, I'm a planner I don't <laughs> There is such peace of mind in the fact that
0: you just said you can plan 12 12 months out. I I want to I want to bow down to you on this call right now. And also, I think we need to do another call for how in the heck Stephanie plans 12 months out. You mentioned with content as well, which is like mind blown for me. Um that might need to be another call for us. How you plan that far out and then how you Wait, let's just jam it in now because yeah, 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 I know, but, and then also, how do you
1: deal with variations? Cause clearly it's not going to stay the same. How do you, how do you approach that? By, so by planning, I can deal with variations because this, this goes back to my content background and really like what to get, get shit done. You have to have a plan. Like you have to know what you want to do and what goals you want to achieve. And then what I do is I'll use templates and frameworks. So I have a framework for I have a template for mar- marketing strategy that I implement over and over and over again, and I update it like whenever there's I mean, I, you know, obviously it's not going to stay stagnant over twenty years, but you know, I update it with new te- technology, new new data, like like every year I update it to keep it fresh, like basically every six months I go back in my strategy and update it. Okay. Um, but then a framework, so I have a framework of. All right, this is like this month I want to do this. How does everything else align with it? Hmm. And then I can then I can say, is this evergreen content? Or is this something that is based on season seasonality? If it's evergreen content and something comes up mid-year, I can shift that evergreen content to another month. And then I can focus on the stuff that comes up. So perfect example is because of the pandemic, people going back to school, or stu- students go back to school, absenteeism is a big issue. And it became huge this year. But last year when I was planning, we like, we kind of just didn't even think about it. We were just trying to like, you know, ha- talk about mental health. Something and else was, something else was about it. Something else was, work up. Work yeah. So now. we, sh- we did a shift to talk about absenteeism, but we had a plan to be able to do that. Um, and then, you know, I repurpose a ton, a ton. I repurpose, I reuse, I'll outsource to either Fiverr or some of my like network. Um, and like the best thing, I don't know, like the I guess the biggest piece of advice I have is just to do something and not be paralyzed by what you don't have and what resources you don't have. Just do something, take an action. And I kind of liken that to the Wonder Woman effect where, you know, Diana Prince is walking along, she spies some danger, she spins into Wonder Woman, and she just goes and does something. She's not sitting in the Batcave cave planning out for hours. Right, right. <laughs> She's
0: yeah. out there doing it. I love that. That is... <laughs> Inspirational and kind of makes me want to get off my butt today and and do something myself. I am. Um, <laughs> I do think you know one thing that I think is really well. I should just leave it on that because that Diana Prince analogy was perfect. Um, I also think it comes to the the stage of your business too. I think perhaps one of the reasons why I was like, "How can she plan twelve months ahead?" is we're still really early stage where it sounds like you've got a little bit more of the ability to look mm-hmm. twelve ahead and say. These content components are important. These tools are likely going to be where we invest. Um, you can have that predictability, which mm-hmm. I think we should all aspire to. So we should yes.
1: Also, we're we're in education, so our our, our calendar pretty much aligns to a school year. Mm-hmm. So that makes it a lot easier. However, I've done this. I've used this framework for every industry that I've worked in. I love it so much.
0: Well, I want to keep us on track because we are also busy. That's the yes. core of being a two pizza marketer. You set little time zones and you keep moving. You got to keep going. So I suppose if I had to sum it up, the two things I really got from you today, Stephanie, are it's okay to plan ahead by 12 months and you can do (laughs) it, folks. And then also go out like Wonder Woman and do something. Just take some action, get it out the door, see what Mm -hmm. happens um, and learn, right?
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: Well, thank you for being here today. Any, um, and where can people find you if they want to follow you or just see what you're working on? Um, do you have a social presence? Anything you want to share?
1: I have, uh, I have a link. I prefer people like professionally look at me on LinkedIn on, on Instagram. All I talk about is dogs and bees and, and, uh, chickens. So it's, <laughs> it's professional, <laughs> but <laughs> on LinkedIn, um, I think it's, uh, Stephanie L Brooks is where I'm at on LinkedIn.
0: So great. And we do have to talk beekeeping sometime because I love bees, but that's for another day. That's a whole other day. (laughs) Cool. Well, well, I'm sure we'll get to talk with you again, Stephanie. Thanks for taking the time today. It's been great to chat. I really appreciate it. Totally. Bye for now. Bye. Hey, Two Pizza Marketer. Thanks for joining us today. If you have any questions or topics to suggest, we are always happy to hear from you. So send us an email at two, that's the number two, pizza marketers at gmail.com or find us on Linktree at Two Pizza Marketing. Until next time, keep having fun and try to stay sane in the marvelous mess that is Two Pizza Marketing.